I hate to be a complainer, but um, I have to say that in the last year or so, having a kid that is allergic to sesame has made eating at fast food restaurants much harder in the last year or so. I am familiar with this. It's This whole thing, this whole revolution of sesame has been astounding to me. There have been products that we've been buying consistently, like Market Basket brand, uh, uh, hot dog uh, buns, buns. Et cetera. Mm -hmm. They were always just a, a hot dog in the preparation. It was always, uh, it, it was always painless. Right. And now it's not. Now I've got to hunt for buns, and sometimes I can't find them now without right. sesame seeds. The bagels is pretty bad too, but lots of breads. Basically, what happened is the. Uh, the government decided to make sesame a top allergen, which is, you know, it makes them need to label when things contain sesame and it can't just say like tahini or something. It has to actually use the word sesame and say that it's in there. But it also required companies to clean their production lines in between when they make something with sesame and something without it because it's considered a major allergen. And... Basically, that means that all these bread companies that make breads with sesame and breads without sesame just added sesame flour to the breads that didn't have sesame so that they don't have to clean the production lines in between because then everything just contains sesame. So that means that a ton of breads now contain actual sesame flour that maybe they were made on a line that had sesame being made on it before, but, 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 there were but there could have before. been like a, tr a stray exactly. seed and like now that you could just pick off if it got on your piece of non-sesame bread but now there's like actual sesame flour in all these breads including a ton of ones at fast food restaurants that used to be safe so like you know we had the you know french toast at wendy's the other day the french toast sticks mm -hmm. turned out to have had sesame right. added to the we bread find out the hard way uh, you know, that used to be edible safely and now aren't. And, you know, it's not like there's sesame seeds on them, so you can't see it. But anyway, food allergies, huge pain to deal with. Um, sesame has been a particularly difficult one. Now For there's, us, yes. Yeah. Now there's a new uh, allergy uh, danger at fast food places that I'm not excited about, which is, um, and this one's not sesame related, but more nut and peanut related. But this one is the McFlurries at McDonald's have always been safe, even though they make different types of McFlurries, like they make a Reese's one or whatever. But it's safe to get the Oreo one because the way that they do it is it has that, you know, that like clear plastic hollow spoon thing that yes. comes in the McFlurry. Yep. They were made by putting that into the machine and then that stirs the McFlurry yes, individually. Yes, this, so this. you're only getting the spoon that stirred your McFlurry. Right. It didn't stir all the McFlurries before that. Right, right, right. That's great. So that isolates it. So the Reese's one is not getting on the other one. Though. Right. But now what they're doing, what McDonald's has done, is in order to cut back on plastic waste, which doesn't really make sense to me because you still have to give the person a plastic spoon to eat their McFlurry with. But whatever. In order to cut down on plastic waste, they're making these like pink spindle things that are reusable. Right. And they're supposed to wash them in between each flavor that they make. But you're now relying on the McDonald's minimum wage employees to pay attention and wash the thing and wash it properly in between each time and 
you know, a bunch of the employees have said on social media that that like may or may not actually be happening in their particular stores, which has me nervous. And like and also they say that because the thing is sitting there still attached to the machine that it's like dripping onto the counter, Mm -hmm. all the like ice cream and McFlurry stuff, which is gross and also an allergy risk. Right. So in that, and now also, I'm off right. the McFlurries. I'm and actually just just environmentally, uh, you know, having to wash something all the time is also problematic. It's well, and actually, one of the people on social media was saying that their manager told them that it was too much work and they should throw them out. <laughs> so, yeah. and so they, they might. So like at that point, but this you're is, probably making something that's like a higher carbon cost that you're ending up throwing out. Any. Anyway, the whole thing. Why do you have to mess with things that work? Just leave things alone, right? I mean, you know, it's it's funny because some things aren't regulated, and you think like they they should be. It's like still in restaurants, etc. And in our downstairs, the open Parmesan cheese is not refrigerated. Right. Probably somewhere it probably should be, but somehow they haven't tampered with that. They could. You know, still it's something, and in restaurants, it's it's not refrigerated; it's out. You know, um, remember, ketchup bottles used to be married in restaurants and just sit outside and not be refrigerated. And I think it's probably the same thing now. It creeps me out, but it is so acidic that it's probably fine. Right, and same like with us, uh, maple syrup is another thing. Yeah, which ours we've been using a knockoff crap, so who knows? But, but. You know, so there are other things. I mean, we still can have freedoms and be cool a little bit here, but them messing with big businesses like this—they're just shaking them down. It's 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 it stinks, and it stinks because it's already tough dodging sesame seeds because a bunch of places have them on burgers and a bunch of them don't. And when you have a large family, that means among other things, the only thing that matters to any child we have, other than our oldest, is whether or not they're getting screwed. <laughs> and so if, if the other person gets three pieces of candy and he only gets two, that's a big problem. We have to have a UN General Assembly Donnybrook in the house. It's a huge problem. So the kid with the worst allergies, he's getting screwed all the time because he can't join in while everybody else is having mm-hmm. a Big Mac or whatever it is, which sucks. Right. And, you know, of course, the government plays a role in this. But like what's happening in California right now where they raise the minimum wage too so now and like i said like a lot of these employees are at minimum wage and are being burdened with various projects and regulations and processes that are you know more complex than they have time to deal with they're probably understaffed right because the restaurants are trying to make the margins work now california is raising the minimum wage and so a bunch of people have noticed that the prices at the mcdonald's are now like sky high. Like a Big Mac meal costs $16 now. Oh, so I only saw this the was... headline. I didn't realize that's why that did that. Oh, yeah. of course. Of course. That's so they just raised great. the minimum wage in California and now a Big Mac meal costs $16, which is crazy. So when I was a lifeguard, when I would go for my uh, lunch and the person asked me if I was getting the usual because mm-hmm. I always got my Big Mac meal with Coke, but... Um, that, which then I had to not go there anymore ever again because yeah. if the fast food place asks you if you're getting the usual, you can't. But when I was a lifeguard and I used to go for lunch, my Big Mac meal that I would get all the time cost seven fifty two. I remember mm-hmm. that specifically because that was what I came out to. And that's with a the medium tax. soft drink, never, fries, and a Big Mac. Uh, that was a large Big Mac meal. 
So it was a large fries, a large yeah. soda, and a Big Mac. And it was seven fifty two, and that was perfect. That's like a reasonable amount for that. Once now, I've noticed it's like around ten or eleven dollars, which is like already crazy. I never do that. I always get the big combos where you get like it's you know designed for an army, so you get oh, a bunch this... of chicken nuggets and a bunch of Big Macs and whatever. But um, but yeah, like the cost of one of those combo meals, the like make it a meal with the drink and the fries is so outrageous now. I don't know like how people, you, you can't regularly do that, right? No. And we were just talking yesterday, um, to someone who lives in the city, a relative who lives in the city and gets a ton of like DoorDash and Uber Eats and type things. And like the prices of those are crazy too. You know, you'll end up spending, somebody was, um, you know, talking about it on social media saying, and got a bunch of criticism from people because she was saying that her order of pad thai that she got on DoorDash was $36 before the tip. That's amazing. You know, because they mark up the prices first for the DoorDash the restaurant order. Does. Yeah, okay. because they're they're getting charged fees from DoorDash to okay. use the service. So the restaurant's upping the prices when it's a DoorDash order. And that which you know in advance, like you know what you're ordering. It's not a surprise. And then DoorDash charges a fee to the customer. That's not the tip. That's also a separate fee. Mm -hmm. So, you know, her order of food would normally have been like $17 for the order of pad thai. So instead it was like 20 and then there was you know, that fee on top of it also, et cetera, et cetera. And it just adds up and like you end up at $36 for your meal and then you're tipping the driver. And, you know, we were talking about this because a normal delivery model, like when you used to be a pizza delivery guy, is you would be delivering to multiple people on every single trip. Absolutely. You know, you would never get sent out there with like oh, no. one pizza. Bangkok Bistro in Brighton closed. Oh no! It was a great place. It was a great. I was just going to look up to see how much pad thai costs because I seem to remember it used to be like seven ninety five. <laughs> well, everything used to be inexpensive. Everything used to be, you know. And then you have like meals tax from the town, and you have all this stuff. It's out of control. So like, you're paying so much to have this delivered because you're getting, you know you're getting charged all this money because you're the only person who's having it delivered. Yes, yes, yes. So it's super, super oh, inefficient. Terrible. And people will, will pay it, you know, clearly. But it's it just seems like crazy to me that, you know, people are willing to pay these prices to have food delivered just to themselves. You know, it's it's enough to do it when you go to the actual restaurant, like at McDonald's for a Big Mac meal to be $16. But, um, but yeah, the prices are like nuts nowadays. And what people will, what you pay when it's a delivery order is especially crazy. It's like, to okay. me, it's Let me see. Drunken Noodle it. from Brown Sugar by the Sea. Drunken Noodle's gorgeous, obviously. Let's see what it costs. Are you looking at through like a DoorDash? Type no, I'm of looking on their website. On their so actual... I just want to see okay. the root price. Um, beef drunken noodles, nineteen bucks. Crud. Yeah, I'm telling you, everything. Frig. Every entree is like between fifteen and twenty dollars anywhere you sucks. order to start off. You know, and then if you're doing like an Uber Eats or a DoorDash, you're gonna double it before you actually get your meal. That is tough stuff. That is tough. I don't like that. Pad CU, which I, which I love. 
Uh, let's see who the pad tie is. Pad tie at Drunken Noodle, 19 bucks. Damn, man. So DoorDash, that would probably end up being 30 bucks. Oh, yeah, at least. <sighs> How can anybody afford anything? It's amazing. <laughs> it By the way, amazing. this this uh, if people are fretting about the McDonald's now, you know, costing 15 bucks for their meal, um, it's it's a transitory problem, I think, because they will be eliminating uh, wage mi- employees. Yes. It's going to be right. robots soon. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, yeah, Chipotle is another one that's raising their prices in response to the minimum wage law in California. And and they have been testing, like, they have robot assembly lines for their burrito bowls and their salads and stuff. And specifically for the ones that are ordered online. So the employees don't even have to deal with that. The bowl just comes out and goes to the They also don't Uber tend to, uh, those robots don't tend to unionize. That is also true. That is also true. Um, but there are like a few bright spots for the restaurant and food industries and ways that they can cut back on costs that I've been keeping an eye on. Um, one is, and we've talked about this a little bit because obviously I was pregnant. I am no longer pregnant. Um, and I was, um, rocking the mocktail menus Mm -hmm. at some of these restaurants and bars, which was not always a thing in my previous pregnancies. But now it's right where become... they would be up front. You could always get virgin drinks. Oh but, yeah, yeah, no, you could. But I mean, you know, it is what it is. But now there's actually, you know, it's funny. Let's let's talk about this for a second. Yeah, you know, the whole the only reason to have a cocktail is to get buzzed or drunk, and well, it can also taste good. Well, yeah, but mostly not. But I mean, I understand with some you can get a, a mai tai or or um, what's that thing that everybody shares at the Chinese scorpion restaurant? bowl, scorpion bowl, etc. And they can put in the booze in there, the the bottom shelf booze in there that gets like the fruit punch overcomes it. And so it can be okay. Mm-hmm. But all the best safe tasting stuff in the world is not alcoholic. Yeah. You know, so like, I'm just saying like. It's to cover the taste of alcohol. Right. Mostly. So why not just have a chocolate milk? If you're not drinking, then don't, you don't have to get a pretend cocktail. Well, but it's great for the restaurant margin wise. Oh, yeah. If you're buying pretend cocktails. So if there's people doing this and Gen Z's into this, um, you know, and and the definition of alcoholism has expanded greatly. I don't. There's. I, I don't get Gen Z's. They don't know what we're supposed to be doing there. They've cut out the like. All of this booze was a so, social lubricant. So the guys and the girls could pair off and make out and et cetera, et cetera. But they've taken that is no longer needed because you can just go on, you know, uh Chimder or whatever website it is and hook up, do your hooking up on the side. Well, yeah. So this, I found this article. This is from MedPage today. This is a little bit old, but it was interesting to me because this talked about a new phrase that I hadn't heard, which was, um, which they're talking about in the medical industry, which is being a gray area drinker, Mm -hmm. which I think you and I may know some gray area Mm -hmm. drinkers. Um, It describes a space in between the extremes of rock bottom and every now and again drinking. This characterizes who I was quite well, says the person writing this article. I struggled internally with my drinking, but there were few external consequences. I would argue with myself about whether I was going to have a drink. I didn't like myself when I drank. I found myself turning inward when I would drink and avoid interacting with my family. The most poignant description of gray area drinking for me is this. In the morning, I would tell myself, no way am I going to have a drink tonight. But the closer I got to 5 p.m., the more my brain would just change and I would 
would forget about my 8 a.m. self. I would somehow justify cracking an IPA as I made dinner or stop at the liquor store on the way home, despite not wanting to that morning. If you are a gray area drinker, you can probably relate to this. Yeah, I would say we uh, know some of those. Um, I would also say that that is the vast majority of drinkers. Mm-hmm. I never hit rock bottom, but I, you know, this person says that he, um, you know, he didn't like when his kids said he smelled like beer mm. when he was putting them to bed and that um, he just always wanted to have a drink. And so he quit drinking completely. So, and I think there's more and more of that. I think more and more people mm-hmm. are quitting drinking entirely. So not only do places have, um, you know, these mocktail menus now where you can order specifically drinks that don't have alcohol in them, which once again, what a boon for the right. restaurant. I, like, do, I just simply don't get it. That's the cheap part of the cocktail that they're giving you for probably the same price. But there is now actual... Um, they're called zero proof cocktail bars where they don't serve alcohol. So it's a bar. It's just so culturally foreign to me. Like why that would ever be a thing. I, I, so there was one called I get like Memento near, Zero Proof that's in yeah. Indiana that's an alcohol-free bar. I get near beer, like like you're going to drink old duels or non-alcoholic beer, because, mm-hmm. because a lot of... like hanging around and drinking beers is holding the beer swigging the carbonation carbonated thing and you could cessation of thirst i get that but i don't get like i wouldn't i wouldn't understand why why you'd be at a bar and pay for a a shirley temple doesn't make it just doesn't make any sense to me i don't but it's culturally it's but a different people want to hang out so this person says out, this yeah. was in an article on liquor.com who that was talking about somebody who runs a non-alcoholic bar and the owner says the people are totally different they also own regular bars this owner not necessarily people who've been hanging out at bars people who are muslim people in recovery people not 21 mm-hmm. an interesting selection of people oh yeah, yeah i guess that's a good point because if you go to a bar actually that's interesting and i, I had a friend who who drank in his early 20s and then like he was one of these guys who would like go out for one beer and then you know wake up three days later having no idea you know he was like a he was a no bueno kind of drinker and so he just quit drinking and and he would come to bars and he'd order always order bitters Hmm. with like lemon or something which is like just this little non-alcoholic thing with lemon and and um and I guess the, the trick to that would be there's a little bit of a stigma if you go to a bar and you order just a Coke because oh yeah everybody else is ordering something that's eight bucks you're ordering something that's fifty cents mm-hmm. and so I guess in a way if you order the mocktail you're getting an overly expensive thing too but if you're not drinking anymore then then that's I guess and you, and you need to be there and you need to hold something and people a lot of people find people who don't drink or at least they did in my day mm-hmm. to be uh, like almost coy. You know, uh, like about it, like people, there was a way to say with Gen Xers that, we, that you know, no, I don't drink or I'm not drink. You know, it was like kind of coy. I have a friend right. that used to hate people who used to say that in radio. Uh, but uh, so maybe that's it. Maybe that's it. Is that you don't want to be stigmatized. If you're holding a cocktail or something that looks like one, people will leave you the hell alone. 
obviously, you know, I don't even know. It's probably not the culture anymore, but it used to be that you would pressure everybody into drinking. And I didn't want to hear anything about your uh, 12-step program. You are drinking in this bar tonight. There was no... Right. We were very insensitive in the 90s. But uh, so, and I would be that person too. There was no, you got to be a bully. You know that, Alice. I bully you. I bullied mm-hmm. you last night into drinking. I mean, a beer. Yeah. Now, what do you think about this? Um, this was actually a bar that this is a regular bar, a alcoholic bar mm-hmm. um, in Australia that has to has had to apologize now. Did you see this? Because um, they offered, and if you remember, we've covered in our time insensitive nine eleven cocktails and some other poorly thought out decisions. But wet, right, we have covered menu. an Australian bar promotion that promoted big-breasted women would get like half off drinks or one buy one get one mm-hmm. um this bar in australia it tried to promote a chandler bing cocktail in honor of matthew perry and eighteen dollar uh southern comfort peach schnapps cranberry fresh lime and sugar which seems um it was meant well, to, it was meant well but i think um but to you I mean, he was he was into a lot of stuff. <clears throat> I, but the thing is that, like, it's not as if he was... That was his character thing. Chandler's thing on the show wasn't to drink. He and Joey occasionally had a beer. But I never... It wasn't really... I, it's... It's, you know, it's probably good earned media, I guess. Well, the anyway, they had to apologize. People right. felt that. It was insensitive. Um, but, but actually, Chandler Bing is a f- character. They didn't call him Matthew Perry. Well, but the thing, the subheadline under it says the one where we lost a friend. Oof. So. Ugh. Man, sometimes it's marketing <laughs> degrees, you know? <laughs> Think harder, guys. It's, yeah. Run it by great. somebody. <laughs> yeah, ch- just check. Run it by a few people, maybe. Um, another one where. Um, you know, that's another good thing that's kind of like selling non-alcoholic drinks that restaurants are doing more of, too, that you'll see is um, they'll do plant-based entrees, which just means that it's like vegetarian or vegan, which a lot of times, again, is awesome for the restaurant because the expensive part of the meal that costs the most money is typically the meat or the protein, whatever you're doing. That's what's costing the restaurant the most. So if you're having people just order like broccoli you know, and calling it a plant-based entree, then, you know, that's great margins for the restaurant as well. Um, And that is super trendy, like the non-alcoholic drinks. Um, The last thing I wanted to touch on, unless you have something big no. that you wanted to get to, is um, the holiday flavors coming out, all kinds mm-hmm. of places. Uh, the Starbucks Red Cups are here. Uh, the Dunkin' Donuts holiday cups are here, less famous than the Starbucks red cups, but still fun and festive and lots of, um, lots of holiday menu items, which are some of my favorites. I'm not that big a pumpkin person, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. I know I've said that, but, um. So but, 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 can you tell me what is the controversy about the Starbucks cups? 
Because there is like I, I've I've heard this be like a kicker story for radio stations, etc. That there's something because the cups have get all holiday during this time. That's a thing. Oh, people are like way into Starbucks holiday cups. They do like a holiday decorated yeah. cup. I made so and nervous. Sometimes it's controversial. Like sometimes because like one year it wasn't Christmassy enough. It was okay. just red, and, and like people. I, I, were I get upset very nervous that... when I hear people getting using all their Starbucks. Starbucks app points to make designer coffees for themselves. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I don't, I do not love the barista crowd, but I can't imagine having to deal with somebody's like cinnamon sweetened vanilla bean, uh, you know, oak tree dust uh, latte. It's, uh, latte personalities bring out the worst in people. I get very, I get a little nervous about that. Um. Yeah, but supposedly that makes a ton of money from for Starbucks too. The personalization factor. Yes. That that's like a really big thing for them, but also like the holiday cup time. Like they do a really big business the day that they first have the holiday cups. Yeah. So that's right now. But uh, I they think do. That, yeah. A lot of people go to like get them. Because the they're cups. <sighs> I don't. Don't we? Aren't we? Don't. Isn't the world and falling apart? Why flavors? We, so there is. But I am a peppermint. Day. That's what's going I, on. <laughs> I am a peppermint person, and they have a peppermint mocha. They have a caramel brulee latte. They have a new iced gingerbread oat milk chai. Did you say chai? Oat milk chai. Oat say milk chai. Oat <laughs> milk two chai. words. Iced sugar cookie almond milk latte. Oh, this is the peppermint thing you made me order for you. Peppermint mocha frappuccino. The main thing you made me order for you at Dunkin' Donuts, which I only did because you were pregnant. But what was the thing you made me get? <laughs> I wanted... Um, Apricot, uh, nutmeg, um, no. French toast latte. I wanted something. What did I want? I wanted the flavor. I forgot what flavor I ordered, but I ordered a flavor. Um, they have their hot chocolate, their gingerbread loaf, the peppermint brownie cake pop. I love a good cake pop, so that's exciting. But, you know, now everybody does this. So Dungan Donuts has their um, holiday menu out, too, which their website says holiday mode on Tis the season of holiday. I'm such a sucker for holiday Ugh. branding. I'm so it makes me holiday so happy. Tis the season of holiday gatherings. Duncan's got the perfect treat to light up every room. Toasted white chocolate iced signature latte. Triple chocolate muffin peppermint mocha latte. That's what I love. Here's one for you. Loaded hash browns drizzled with jalapeno cheddar and crumbled bacon. I've seen that at the drive thru. It looks I'm a I'm a big processed cheese on stuff guy, so I it did look pretty sexy, but can't have um, cookie browns. butter, cold brew, holiday donuts, spiced cookie, iced coffee, all kinds of delicious things. There's all you, kinds of great stuff. If you mistakenly stuff. got locked in a fast food restaurant <laughs> overnight, which one would you want to be locked in? <laughs> McDonald's. Really? Well, actually, I don't know if I'd know how to make this stuff at McDonald's. That's the only thing. I think you could figure it out. <laughs> You'd have the internet. I think you could figure it out. I don't think you Wendy's need an engineering their... degree to, to work the McDonald's. <laughs> Wendy... Although we do have a friend who works at McDonald's, so we can mm-hmm. ask him. Yeah, call him. Um, let's see. The correct answer. Do you have the correct answer? Wendy... What's the correct answer? Uh, I don't know. What would you be locked into? Taco Bell. Oh, okay. You get the guac gun and you have the processed cheese, gun. dude, all day. Mm-hmm. Come on, Alice. Uh, Wendy's has their uh, peppermint frosty came back. So if you're into that, I do like peppermint, like I said. Um, and of course, the polar seltzer fall and holiday flavors. These were out last month. These are delicious, by the way. You've been getting them already. 
What do you think of? I love. I'm a sucker for holiday flavors, so these are my favorites. They have um, this year yuzu orange blossom, mm-hmm. frosted boysenberry, blood orange cranberry, and then coming back from previous years, the black cherry vanilla and the pomegranate champagne. All delicious. All delicious, and all. Where else can you get something like this big, a foot tall, that weighs like a pound and a half of anything for under a dollar? Yeah, and they taste great, and yeah. they're no calories or no. sugar or juice or anything. It's like a freebie. Talk yeah. about something good to make mocktails or cocktails out of. Right. That's great. Yeah. Totally yeah. Awaken 180 compliant. And by the way, let me just say that the... Soda Stream just can't compete. We had one. We liked it. It was fun, but it can't compete with the real carbonated stuff when somebody else does it at the factory. Can we agree? Yeah. The and the polar seltzer ones are so good and so inexpensive. Yes. I'm not sure that it's actually like cost effective no. to do it out of the Soda Stream. To be honest with you, but there's also obviously the more um, fancier brands do holiday flavors of stuff too. Did you see this? So Salt and Straw is another company they're that ice cream company that they do we talked about their summer flavors a bit too they had some controversial summer flavors but um salt and straw has come out with um some holiday flavors as well they're doing uh thanksgiving flavors and the first one is one that you should be familiar with which is they're doing parker house rolls with salted buttercream as one of their ice cream flavors not a good ice cream flavor (laughs) not a good ice cream flavor uh then they have a cheesy potato casserole why are we making ice cream taste like this is so jerky stuffing and cranberry sauce mom's mango pie and you're a bad person if you eat this stuff or you make this stuff i condemn that company I condemn them, although we should ask them for previews. Other than that, you I can check them. them out. Maybe they can sell you on the Parker House Rolls flavor as an official Parker House alum. I'd be willing to give it a shot. Willing to give it a shot. What's going on with the Panera lemonade that kills you? Oh, well, this woman um, had posted about it because she sits in Panera to do her work and she had been drinking the lemonade, which she knew was caffeinated, but she didn't realize how caffeinated because it has like more caffeine than coffee. And she was drinking four or five of them. I have learned something that should be illegal. 100% should be illegal. So, and it has to do with this drink. Let me, give me a second. So She is high on these. (laughs) I cannot get, I cannot get myself straight. I work at Panera. No, I don't. I work, I work in a Panera. I work in a Panera when I'm doing my work because I don't want to pay for a co-working space, but working at home makes me want to dig my own grave because I'm alone and I don't have human interaction. So I work at my local (laughs) Panera. Understand? And when I'm at my local Panera, they have free refills. Free refills. This is the mango mango yuzu citrus charged lemonade. Woo, this is going to be a whirlwind. Okay? And it has caffeine. And I knew that. But when I'm sitting there, I'll drink four or five of these and I, I was always like man when i work at panera i feel great i feel awesome i, I get so much done well well so my husband is a type 1 diabetic so we were going through the drive-thru because i wanted one and he was like oh i want some and so he went to look up the nutritional facts uh about the drink so that he could have some and then adjust his blood sugar right Mm-mm. this she needs to be institutionalized <laughs> i'm sorry about that so she's gonna find out that they kill you well, she's going to find out that she's been drinking an insane amount of caffeine. So now Panera has put a warning in their restaurants for how much Just caffeine ban her. <laughs> in the lemonade. By the way, 
I don't like this using Panera as your office. <laughs> Freak is wrong with I, I don't understand. I don't understand things. I'm I'm not made to understand the malice. Perhaps it's better this way. You know, I'll just I don't. I'll, I'll work from home. I do work from home. You work from home. We make it work, right? Yeah, it's not that bad. Well, I hate nostalgia because I can't climb up that hill without thinking your name. I hate nostalgia. I still think about you. It's been so long, I'm so lame I hate nostalgia Hope you hate it too Hope you wonder What am I doing and who I'm pursuing I hope you think I lead A really exotic life The way I think about you You probably have a wife of your job And you go to church on Sundays and barbecue on weekends out in your backyard and sometimes think about me